Hello, welcome to AQS Inmate Call. I am your host, Joel Wilborn. Now, once in a while, I'll ask an incarcerated person if there's a message that this person wants to share with the world. And just like anybody on the outside, there are things that cause stress, cause trauma, that will uh, not sit right or anger a person. You know, there's there, there's issues that that these folks want to talk about, and for the most part, I'll just uh, take a lot of different stories and combine them, and then share them on AQS Inmate Call. Well, I uh, spoke with the individual who's incarcerated, and his name is Gregory Brown, and he has quite a complex. A series of information he wants to share with the public so we figured it would be best for him to speak directly to you so this is a phone call from prison with a message from Gregory Brown that he would like to share that is very important to him did you know the Washington State Department of Corrections benefits off of crime and chaos in your society. Did you know the Department of Corrections loses whenever there's less crime and less chaos in your society? Did you know the Department of Corrections spends hundreds of millions of dollars to make your neighborhoods and your society more dangerous and more chaotic? Hello, America. My name is Greg Brown. I've been a prisoner's rights activist and litigator for decades in Washington State. Today, I'm going to talk about prison reform. Today's theme is Make America Safe Again by Cleaning Up the Department of Corrections. I'm talking about government reform. Now, a review of history of world governments may help us understand the nature of the problems we face today in order that we may identify solutions. There are vast amounts of information out there that describe how government spread and took over the world going as far back as colonial days. The pilgrims went upon peaceful lands where there were simple, peaceful, aboriginal peoples. No fornication, no adultery, no thefts, no murders, these were simple people. They didn't have government. And then they created this and other types of chaos. The pilgrims went upon those lands and they would do things like encourage a wife, for example, to secretly plan a party for her husband, have her secretly meeting with, with a neighborhood or with a neighbor. But then they go back and tell her husband that she's having an affair with her neighbor while he's away. And as an offer of proof, the husband is told to ask his wife, just go ask your wife where she went, did she go anywhere that day? And when she lies about it, innocently, just to keep her surprise party a secret from her husband, that is offered as proof that she's having an affair. The husband ends up killing her neighbor. <laughs> this 
nothing but one hundredth of examples of how these pilgrims were chaos in orderly society in order to come back and establish a government. Because these simple Aborigines people had never dealt with such lies and chaos before, they didn't know what to do or how to deal with it. So the instigators, the pilgrims, taught them how to deal with it. They brought police, they brought jails, they brought courts, they brought prisons, and the more chaos that was created, more government was needed. This is why governments rule the world today. Now, it's not my intention to teach history, but I do have to say that the spread of chaos for the purpose of establishing and expanding government is widely known and documented in the same way that it's documented that where there is less chaos, there is less government. In my prison reform segment, I will show you how the Department of Corrections spends millions of dollars to spread chaos throughout the prison system in order to justify creating more jobs for prison guards and justify building more prisons. Prison is supposed to be a place where convicted people are given time to reflect, to reflect upon their lives and their misdeeds, to figure out how to turn their lives around and become productive, law-abiding citizens. If the prison experience is successful, ex-cons will stop committing crimes and stop returning to prison. As a result, there will be less people in prison and less prison guards needed to work at those prisons. Eventually, an entire prison is shut down and prison guards are laid off. Being laid off or doing a good job obviously makes them not want to do a good job anymore. So they figured out that if they do a terrible job, if they rattle the cages of prisoners and treat prisoners like animals and get the prisoners to act like animals, if they deny prisoners their proverbial time out and impede their ability to reflect and find a way to turn their lives around, then prisoners inevitably commit more crimes upon release from prison. Of course, prison guards and prison officials are happy to see ex-cons return to prison so they can get more funding and more prison jobs. As long as ex-cons keep returning to prison, the guards no longer have to worry about getting laid off. So the guards are given a clear choice. Either do their jobs properly and get laid off, or do a horrible job and be rewarded with job security and unlimited funding. Of course the jobs are aware of, the guards are aware of this, and they've made a choice. Taxpaying citizens who pay their salaries are just not paying attention. One example of this can be found in the way the Department of Corrections abuses the personal property of prisoners. Now, some of you might say this is a small matter. You might even say prisoners shouldn't even be allowed to have property. But what I'm talking about is much bigger than that. It is of the utmost importance that we talk about this because most prisoners are in prison for committing property crimes or they will likely commit property crimes in the future. So the way prisoners feel about other people's property is no small matter. I think we may all agree that prisoners need to learn respect for other people's property. 
you have ever had property stolen from you, ever been robbed, your first thought may have been that the thief or the robber must be taught to respect your property. Then your next thought invariably was the thief or the robber should be put in prison, as if we expect that being in prison would teach respect to your property. So then, is only logical and necessary to ensure that prisoners are taught this lesson while they are in prison. The fact that prisoners are allowed to have personal property provides a great, perfect opportunity for the Department of Corrections to teach prisoners respect to people's property. For instance, if prisoners' property were treated with utmost respect, for the entire time he was in prison, let's say a prisoner is in prison for 15 years, and the whole time that he was there, his property was just treated with utmost respect. Then the idea, the notion of respecting other people's property gets planted in that prison's, prisoner's head, and it's psyche, which will then inevitably decrease the chances that he or she will commit property crimes in the future. That's a bit of psychology. But you know what? These Washington State prison officials are not at all interested in teaching prisoners to respect other people's property. It's in, in June of 2011, Sergeant Christopher Lopez wrote an affidavit swearing that under Department of Corrections Policy 420.375, any guard may immediately destroy any item of prisoner's property as long as the guard says the property was nuisance contraband. What this means is that the guard doesn't think the prisoner should have, be allowed to have the property and doesn't want to write a disciplinary fraction about it. That's it. In December of 2020, the Office of the Washington State Correctional Ombuds reported to the governor's office that official abuse prisons first property is a systemic issue because there is a lack of standard, standardized, consistent training. Ironically, nothing has changed since the Ombuds report was issued. It is despicable that the Department of Corrections continues to maintain this DLC policy 420-375, allowing any prison guard to make any prisoner's personal property permanently disappear merely because the guard claims he thought the prisoner should not be allowed to have it. As if it were some sort of strong-arm robbery, the guard is allowed to keep this issue between himself and the prisoner. Just by saying he didn't want to write this murder infraction or do other paperwork on, about it. The prison's property is just made disappear, never to be seen again. And that's the end of it. And if he or she complains, if the prisoner complains, the complaint is denied, and the prisoner is told the guard did not violate any rule or policy. Of course, there was no rule violated. The Department of Corrections flat out refuses to make a rule that will prohibit this from happening, from continuing to happen. If you as the 
try to look up this policy right now, the Department of Corrections is so afraid that they won't even let you see it. You might find it mentioned on their in their table of contents or something, but it's classified as this restricted policy. And the reason the the excuse that they classified this is because there's this little two little bitty pieces in the policy where they're talking about stuff that they don't want people to know. Two little bitty bitty pieces and they classify and say you can't read the whole policy. I complained about that. And I've asked them to take the little two little bitty pieces out and put it in another policy, a secret policy, so that we can see this policy that brings so much havoc upon the lives of prisoners in the DOC, and they refuse. So they're going by using this policy. The real reason is because they don't want you looking at this policy. Anybody can get up and look at this policy and say, hey, man, something's wrong with this. What do you do when the guard takes property and says he doesn't want to write an infraction? There's nothing in here telling him what to do. They know this because I've told them this over and over again. I used to wonder why did they allow prison guards to steal our property and keep it between me and the guard? I mean, that seems kind of weird, don't you think? It's like the guard is trying to extort something out of me. And then I realized, I finally realized, it's been a long time. Prison guards are using this. You have one minute left. Female prisoners into performing sexual favors for them. Yeah, I said it. I said that. You see, because you can bet if they can do this, and I'm showing you that they can, then they are doing it. 